introverted noise. Hurry up, Daddy. Let's do it. Rolls out to the right. Five seconds to go in the first half. Dante fires deep to the left. Moss caught it at the 11, but now he oh, look at this! To oh, Mo Williams! Touchdown! You gotta be kidding of the Climbing the Pocket podcast. I am your host, Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter at Brown Jason. Back with the boys here to talk about something. I don't know. What are we going to talk about during this uh, this, this drought of, of actual things happening? I guess we'll jump into, I guess, the thing we need to talk about. Miles, we'll start with you. Uh, what you been up to? What's, what's, what's going on? How are you keeping yourself sane during uh, you know, this lockdown? And how angry are you that the <laughs> store wanted you to uh, to put a mask on. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, no. So uh, I, we're just like we're hanging out at home. Both my wife and I get to work at, work from home. Uh, we just made the decision this week to move uh, my son Isaiah, who's 11 months, uh, back to daycare. Uh, so that just for a couple of days a week, uh, just because we need to get work done. And he's a handful. He's 11 months old. He's he's active. He's mobile. Uh, he's great, but like, so we, we just suggested that today was, yeah, yesterday was our first day. Um, so it's just been kind of weird kind of adjusting to that. But, um, other than that, I mean, we're just been kind of trying to get by, I mean, you know, working, um, you know, staying away from people as much as we can. Uh, I think we, we do a pretty good job of social distancing. I mean, I think we do that anyways. So this just pandemic just made it an easier sell to not see people, which is fine with me. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't have an issue going to a store and putting a mask on. I understand, like, I don't understand it. I don't understand. I look at it as like, how mad is some, would somebody be right now? Like looking at like a, a seatbelt situation. So like back when they made seatbelts illegal or legal, like you were, you had to wear a seatbelt. I can just imagine the people that were upset by it because they're like, you can't tell me to, to, to wear, to wear my seatbelt. But in reality, the seatbelt's not just for you. It's for other people, just like the mask. It's not just for you. It's for other people. I don't understand that how hard that logic is of, Oh, just to go to a store for 20 minutes, I got to put a mask on. You'll be fine. Like, again, it's not just about you. And that's, this is, this whole thing has bothered me the most is people want to make it about themselves rather than caring about other people. But they, those same people are the same people that tell you that they care for everybody, but in, in reality, they don't because they've never had to experience anything worse than having to wear a mask in their life. So it's just the craziest part to me is I don't, I think people just need to get over themselves and just like, yeah, I, I don't know. That's just how I look at it. I'm, I'm miles coming out firing. We got yeah. I mean, I've, I've been the, cooped up. The, the snowflake crowd <laughs> yeah, they come for me getting upset about the uh the masks and all that there's always a fun irony in that but uh but prince how you been keeping yourself occupied because you know the last time we talked you you were struggling a bit because you, you you like you like people you like getting out you like talking to folks and uh yeah we're like the opposite there like <laughs> that's become a little bit more challenging what have you been up to man uh, it, it has been uh challenging I've, I've definitely had to find my inner introvert um and it sucks because I, I don't like being inside all day long. Um, I, I do really much enjoy people. I, I, I like sharing experiences and having com long conversations about really anything, sports, uh, nerdy stuff, uh, politics, all that stuff. It, it is, is, 
enjoyable and and uh yeah it, it i would say admittedly it definitely has been challenging i mean obviously having you guys and friends and stuff and people you can you chat with like makes it easier um but i think they're like i definitely find myself drawing more energy from being around individuals um and to two miles point you know it if, if COVID has taught us anything you can definitely tell the people who have really never been um more than inconvenienced in their life right um because yeah COVID is 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 forcing us all to live in a way that um we have to live by what we're being told to do and i think there's a level of individualism that people feel like they're losing because yeah they have to go to the grocery store wear a mask they have to you know wash their hands more than maybe they they did in the past they have to yeah, instill practices that weren't, you know, a part of their day to day. And that has, you know, kind of become the norm. Um, so yeah, it, we, we are exposing people who really have never really been inconvenienced or even been in a situation where, um, you know, their, their, their circumstances are less than ideal. Um, we, obviously, we don't wish that on on anyone. But um, this is something I think collectively we're all going through together, and I, it is an opportunity for us to, um, I don't want to just say like come together, kumbaya type stuff, but it is, it, I think it's a really great time in the world history that, you know, when we when we look back on this, you know, 40 years down the road, when they're talking about this in history books, um, you know, we we... I would like to be on the side of history where it was like, there's something that, that, you know, grew out of this, obviously there's, there's, there's a level of togetherness. There's a level of, um, there's a level of like growth that we had as people that, um, allowed us to kind of step into this new, new way of living that we weren't living prior to, prior to COVID, you know? So, um, I say all that to say that it, it, it has been challenging for me, but, um, you know, I am discovering what the new normal feels like. You know, all these reactions to, uh, to COVID, because what I've been doing to, to keep myself sane through, through COVID is, uh, is binging Netflix, like so many other people. And so I've, I've made it. I'm almost done with season three of Ozarks. And uh, I keep finding these parallels with, like, these folks who just don't want to take responsibility for anything whatsoever. <laughs> it reminds me of all the stuff I'm seeing out there. Like everyone in Ozarks just making bad decisions and then being really surprised when bad things keep happening. Mm-hmm. It's not like what I'm watching when I also turn on the news and look at America where like it's the wealthiest country by many measures in the world but like just doing all the things to just have it now. Like y'all are the place that has like the most and like the rate is still growing whereas like everybody else like kind of jumped on stuff early and like it slowed it down america's like screw it we're gonna do what we want to do georgia and florida just wiling out down there in the south and uh yeah it's uh nobody wants to take responsibility for anything like why does this keep happening to me i don't understand why do all these bad things keep happening after i make silly decisions makes no sense to me yeah i mean it you, if one thing, uh, you know, I can honestly say I, 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 I love America, um, you know, and just like a parent loves its child, uh, you see things in a, in a child that, you, you know, you can still love them and say like, hey, this is pro- this probably was not the best decision for you to make. And you got hurt because of it. So, you know, uh, levy, levying criticism, 
doesn't necessarily make you less patriotic. And I know that sometimes, you know, we joke around and stuff, but uh, we sling the jokes because it's like, it's something that you love. So we are able to joke about it. Um, but again, like I was saying before, I, my hope is that we can look back at this time. Yeah, America, I think has not been or handled things in the best way over the last two months uh, compared to other countries in the world. Um, but they don't need to keep being that way. And I think we can make some uh, some small changes as well as some large changes to really get us to um, really being what we, I think, see in the mirror when we talk about America. Because right now it just feels like we keep trying to have the conversation about America being the best country. Um, but it just feels like we're an eight and eight team and we're still trying to tout that we're th 13 and three. Boom. And it's like, Trust you know, me, bring it back so we can talk Vikings. There we go. That was <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's my brilliant. And we ain't uh, got no championships. So exactly. There's my brilliant transition to what we want to talk about. I mean, no, nah, I don't. But I guess, you know, I feel like we, it's too early in, in, in the podcast to talk like all the way Vikings. So we might have to save that transition because, I mean, the thing that we have to talk about before we actually talk about football, we got to talk about last dance. Last dance, baby. We got to. So, Miles, you know, hop in here. What's been your favorite moment What what of, of, of this documentary thus far? What was the thing that, like, really stood out for you that maybe you, you missed the first time when all these things were happening? I mean – so the whole MJ, the Bulls, the '90s Bulls. Like I grew up on. I mean, I was born in the, the. I was born in 1990. So like I literally grew up, the '90s Bulls, like the early early Bulls era. Like that was early '90s Bulls. I don't remember that, but like the 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 second re the second three peat was definitely what I remember. And so like the the last shot, Mike, the the last shot against the Utah to 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 clinch the the series and the the sixth championship. I remember all that. Um, I, my dad, my dad's from North Carolina. So like, he's a big MJ fan. So I, we followed the bulls just because, I mean, outside of the fact that it was MJ, we followed the bulls. So like outside of the Timberwolves too, but like, so it was just fun. It just kind of brought back memories of watching, um, the games with my dad. But at the same time, uh, I think what I remember the most is <clears throat> this is how I think fans like watching what Michael Jordan was able to do on smoking cigars, drinking beer. And, and I, like eating pizza and basically treating as like, I know Michael Jordan worked hard. I know Michael Jordan was a kick-ass athlete. You know, he worked hard. He didn't, it's not like he was like slacking, but this idea that I think fans have this perception of pro athletes that they don't go out and, and party. They don't go out and do these things like during their work, to work week, <laughs> like, and then leading up to a game. It's always been funny to me that like this perception that people have of like, how how could an athlete go out and have have beers the night before a game and then still go out and have two touchdowns in an NFL game? That's because they're built differently than we are. Like <laughs> like this whole idea that like people like people are blinded by like what these what these pro athletes really do in their day to day lives. But at the same time, it's not even just blindness. It's this idea that they're regular people too. They just have a lot more money and clout than we do. But at the same time, they are regular people. So like their job they see their job yes it's a lot different than our jobs but it's still a job to them so like they're still going to go out and like well dennis rodman <laughs> like i'm still going to be here on game day i'm going to show you i'm going to give you all the best i have but every everything outside of that leave me alone like let him do his thing and i mean i think 
I don't think what Dennis Rodman did back then would work now because obviously social media would destroy him. But at the same time, like there are players like that. Like if you're not willing to like adapt to some of like your players, I think that's where you see issues roll in where why players fizzle out of leagues because people aren't willing to give them second or third chances. And I say that as like, not everybody deserves those chances, but at the same time, I don't know, like a lot of this stuff, it just like reminded me that like, wow, could you imagine Michael Jordan in today's era, like with social media, it'd just be nuts. Like, I mean, we get a lot of it with LeBron, but LeBron's personality is a lot different than Michael Jordan's. And that's not even a negative. Yeah. Michael Jordan is just a different breed, but like LeBron's a different breed. They're they're just different people, but they're two great people, but in just different ways. But Michael Jordan today would not be, he'd be viewed as an, uh, he'd be viewed like in a definitely a lot more negative light. Yeah. Like people, you can look back from 20, 25 years ago and laugh at the stuff Michael Jordan did. Oh, but right now, oh no. But right now, no, you wouldn't be having it. Yeah. So it's kind of like funny to me that people are like, oh, this is so great. How Michael Jordan, uh." but like if he was doing that today, if LeBron, if LeBron James was doing that stuff right now, y'all would be killing him for it. Yeah, Scott Burrell might have filed a lawsuit against the NBA. (laughs) (laughs) No, like for real though. Like, and I'm not even trying to sit here and condone like some of Michael's behaviors. Like, but I at the same time I don't care. Like he didn't do like he didn't do really anything illegal. Like the dude just lived his life. And at the same time, like I think the difference between Michael and LeBron in terms of. Michael didn't become Michael until he hit the, the Bulls. Like, yeah, he was good in college, obviously. But he didn't become Michael Jordan until he got that Nike deal, until he became, like, that, that great rookie player. Jordan, yeah. LeBron's been, LeBron's been LeBron since he was, like, 16 years old. Yeah. But, like, LeBron was kind of – not that – like, he didn't ask for this, but he kind of built – like, grew up into it. Michael didn't grow up into it. And then all of a sudden, in a, in a world, even when there's no social media – Michael was the most famous person in the world. Yeah. Like Michael Jordan was the most famous person in the world. And you could only watch him at certain times of the, like you couldn't like right now I could watch any LeBron James game. I want, you couldn't do that back then. And still people knew him. He was that famous. He had that much paparazzi, had that much people following him. And he wasn't built for that. Like he didn't ask for that. It just kind of came and he kind of adjusted to that. That's why I think not that LeBron's not a, I guarantee LeBron's tired, like dog tired. Like, but you watch, like, how tired Michael got because he had to do all of that work. He had to do it on the court. He had to do it off the court. He didn't have a life. So it was basketball. And I just think, like, watching all that, I thought that was just, like, you, I don't know. To me, at least for me, it gave me a deeper appreciation of, like, appreciation of, like, what these athletes really have to go through. It's so, it's so much more than just, oh, they shoot a ball, they dribble a ball dribble and shut up type of, you know, that stupid stuff. Like these, these people go through so much crap. Like, and I, yes, they're well compensated. That's great. But at the same time, that doesn't make it an easy job. And so like, to me, I just, it was just great to like get to see the inside and like the, the Steve Kerr stuff to me, I, I like knew a little bit about it, but I forgot about it. And like, and just kind of hearing that story, that's crazy. Like, and then obviously Michael's situation with his dad, um, I forgot that his dad was murdered. I, I knew his dad died. I just forgot he was murdered because I was I was like three years old when that happened. So, like, just hearing some of those stories rehashed and stuff was really cool. And just getting the like Scotty Pippen situation with the timeout and saying I'm not going back in the game. Like, what? 
Could you imagine? Like, could you it, imagine those dudes? Man, it was just a. It was a different league, yeah, right but I think you brought up a really great point that that um I feel doesn't get brought up enough, and I think that like it almost like LeBron gets uh, like people take points away from him from, but I understand because Jordan's greatness. Yes, he was a great athlete and all these things, but like you said, like he grew into it. Like the mental toughness, like he wasn't always the best. Like he worked his ass off to become the best, which is. I think a part of why people appreciate Michael Jordan so much is that like they were right. able to even watch like a movie, like the guy goes in, he see, he gets like, you know, some, some good happened to him. You can see the skills, but then he gets knocked down and he has to build himself back up. And then he finally wins. Like, like you said, with LeBron, LeBron's been the biggest, fastest, strongest, pretty much since he came out the womb. Like he is he's Goliath. Adrian, him and Adrian Peterson to okay. me are like, he's Goliath. Like it's yeah. not that much fun to root for that guy, even though like LeBron had a whole, so a host of like socioeconomic things going right. against him from an athletic standpoint, LeBron has been that dude forever. Like we were watching LeBron play high school games on ESPN. Right. <laughs> and so it's just a, it's a different thing. What I like better basketball player. It's probably LeBron James. Like, LeBron James, I don't think, like, when people talk about this year versus that year, the thing that is always fun for me to do is go on pro basketball reference and just look up, because like you said, those dudes weren't working out like guys are right now. Mm -hmm. LeBron James was bigger than Karl Malone and can handle the ball and shoot. Like Magic Johnson. He would have destroyed dudes in that era. Like, forget any of that nonsense. LeBron wouldn't be able to go back there. Sean Kemp with handles and Magic Johnson passing, and he can shoot. Like, yeah. Get out of here with that nonsense. But I think, like, the greatness part of it is about, yeah, like, Michael Jordan became, like, the hero that people got to watch, then he got knocked down. And it's a journey that people enjoy, and he won six championships, you know? So, like, yeah. yeah. Prince, what's for you? How about you, man? What's been, like, your favorite part of, of watching, like, The Last Dance and, and kind of reliving all of that that craziness that was the uh, those Bulls teams back in the day? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's so many things that come out of it. But one thing that I think really, and I think Miles briefly touched on it, um, is our perception of what we believe to be as far as a leader, right? Um, I think I think the, the the documentary really really posed that question: is what is a leader? Um, and as we look at it, as far as sports and stuff, I mean, obviously we talk about, you know, the great quarterbacks and how they were great leaders or, you know, great, uh, you know, players who really elevated the team around them. You heard even Steve Kerr talk about like, you know, Hey, I was, I was a role player. I knew I was going to get five shots a game and I needed to make sure that I made those shots. Uh, you hear about the time during, uh, when Jordan was retired for the 18 months and how Scottie Pippen really made the team his own and everyone really loved him for it. Um, and then we hear about the tyrants. We hear about the bullies. We hear about the people who are egotistical. Uh, we hear about the people who will do anything to, to win. Um, the perception, I believe, from fans uh, for people who um, haven't achieved that, uh, haven't, ha- haven't had those achievements in their lives, um, it's really easy to look at it and be like, you know, yeah, Jordan was a bully. Jordan was a tyrant. Um, but Jordan obviously said something really, really, um, really that stuck to me. It's just like, yeah, they can look at me as a tyrant because they haven't won anything. And, and I'm just like, like, truthfully, it, it, we, we view these athletes 
we view these celebrities through this this uh, morality scope of I love this person because they act in a way that I agree with or how I would handle that level of fame. And none of us have been at that level of fame ever. None of us have been, like Miles said, the most famous person ever, really, in, 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 a, in an era where it's like, it was near impossible to be that famous, right? Like the Michael Jackson level fame, where everyone around the world knows who you are. In, in a time where sports are still important to the rest of the world, but at a time that, you know, they talked about how Michael Jordan really transformed the way the entire globe looked at, this, looked at the sport of basketball, right? Um, in terms of leadership, he wasn't, maybe he wasn't our, maybe what we perceive to be what we want as a leader, the person who is going to elevate everyone around him in terms of like, picking them off the floor or telling them like, hey, it's okay that you missed or you missed the pass or you weren't in the right spot. Like, he was a leader in the respects that he led an organization, the National Basketball Association, into being one of the most recognizable organizations in the world. And I read an article today, which I thought was phenomenal because honestly, like, I think the documentary also didn't touch on a couple of things that I was, I wanted to touch on. Um, I found myself a few times during the documentary Googling Michael Jordan. Um, they would say something and be like, oh, I got to check to see with that. And I would just Google it, find on Wikipedia or whatever the case is. And it wasn't until the final episode that I, the first time I Googled it, I'm just like, was Michael ever married? Did he like, like, did he yes. have a girlfriend? Like, no, he was and, married. Like, and, but like, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like seeing himself with all like these stories about like hotel rooms and how they were doing cocaine and all these women and stuff. And like Michael talking about, oh yeah, I went to my, I went to my, uh, back to my, I wasn't part of all that stuff. And I'm just like, but like, I never saw his wife. I never saw him with a girlfriend. I never saw another woman on like, yeah, Michael in our, in our marriage was like this or in our relationship. It was like, there's a reason was, for that though. Yeah, I know. And it, 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 it's very clear that his mom and his kids were in it, and that was it. Yeah, exactly. And his kids were only in the final episode mm -hmm. for like two minutes, right? I feel um, like they, they flashed in for an earlier episode. They, they, when they were yeah, young, they I, did. Remember, I remember them showing up very early, but like they didn't like. They, they were kids. Yeah, just, they were kids. They were kids. Yeah, this holding yeah, up were, signs and stuff, yeah. Exactly. And they were in Space Jam, but like yeah. that was. <laughs> and it's like, and even looking at the way that the documentary was constructed, it was very clearly. This is why I love the NBA. The NBA, like, those players are some of the most petty people on the face of the planet. And I love it, right? Because essentially this documentary, the, the, I'm, I'm going on tangent here, but part of this documentary was for Michael to air all of his grievances where everyone he either pissed off or, mm -hmm. or whatever the case is. You have the entire document. For him to still say, F Isaiah Thomas. Like, yeah. it's hilarious to me. Yeah. These dudes are in their 50s and they're still like, no, F that dude. Yeah. Like, and, and, and the reality of it is, is like, you know, we, in, in today's day and age, we would probably be clamoring for Michael Jordan to be a Muhammad Ali, to, to really put mm -hmm. in, in focus the, the, the political issues and the, uh, you know, the racial issues and disparities that, that exist. And he didn't want to do any of that stuff. He was like, 
I just want to play basketball. I'll make my money. I smoke my cigars. Like I, I'm, I'm good doing what I'm doing. Right. Republicans Um, buy my shoes too, or whatever you said. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Which is, which is true. Like, right. He he was, he was so focused on the thing that he was focused on um, that we want our leaders to be so well-rounded and do all these things. We want them to be the greatest stars ever. We want them to be like these political activists. We want them to be able to speak out on injustices and stuff. And it's like activism in and of itself is its own, is its own job, right? Um, you know, God bless LeBron and people who have the platforms to speak out on that stuff, right? Um, but at that time, there's no Twitter, there's no Facebook, there's no social media to be able to speak out on something. Michael would have had to like, during one of his like many press conferences or whatever the case is, just to get a quote. And sometimes he's asked those questions, um, not when he has like a, a time to prepare it or, you know, really add some like nuance to the conversation, but he would probably just be asked after putting up like 45 against the Knicks and be like, oh yeah, how do you feel about this, you know, Rodney King getting murdered or whatever? Like, I just put up 45 points. Like, I don't, I but, don't have thoughts. But Michael was that big of a celebrity that if he had said it, it had been, like like today, it had been everywhere. It would have been everywhere. Everybody, right? everybody would have heard it. Everyone, everybody would have, and again, it so would have. And that's why people pressured him into want, wanting him to say something because they knew that his reach, he had that reach. Yeah. And I'm not saying he had to say something, but and, that's and why they want him to say something. Right. And I remember growing up, especially in the 90s, I, I love the 90s and all that, that was there as first culture. And one of the, the, the biggest sayings out of the 90s uh, was be like Mike, right? Mm-hmm. And with that being said, it was just like, you ask yourself, what did that truly mean? I don't, I didn't, I'm thinking back, I'm like, I don't even know if I really truly knew what that means to be like Mike. I knew it meant like, I wanted to be the best, greatest basketball player. So I was practicing all the time. But like, to truly be, when you look back at it, to be, truly be like Michael Jordan um, was sometimes to be so aloof or even like purposely aloof to everything else that was going on, whether it be how people uh, perceive him, how, uh, you know, how his behavior and the things he said did hurt, probably hurt other people. How he got the, the Steve Kerr to the point where he punched him in the chest. Like <laughs> all these things, all these things that, um, that is that that come along with the thing of be like Mike is it like be like Mike how just just to achieve that level of greatness or to also come with like like being so private and being so intentional because again when you when you match it up like in the nineties what else was happening in the nineties you had OJ's trial going on so I'm sure there was a part of Mike who was just like yo I'm not having any of that <laughs> and stuff so I mean it's he was the 90s. I mean, Michael Jordan was yeah, the 90s. He, was, he yeah. was the 90s, right? And, and my, my final point as far as this is just like when it comes to the achieving that level of greatness, um, I do truly feel like there are um, people um, who, yeah, they, they, it's okay that they're never going to achieve that level of greatness, right? They're, most people are going to fall in that, that, that median, right? We're just average people who are just uh, good at a particular skill, and they're just good at it. They're not great at it. They're not experts. They don't lead their field. They're just they're good, and that's what helps them to make money and have a career and have a family, all that stuff. And with that being said, you know, Michael was the and is the greatest basketball player that's ever existed, right? And he was an a-hole. 
and we still admired him. In today's day and age, any player who shows any modicum of assholeness is immediately ostracized, right? They're divas. They, 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 they're not team players or all this stuff. Players can't. LeBron exist. could not be an. LeBron yeah, could not yeah, be yeah, an. Asshole. Exactly. Like exactly. we know it. They yeah. couldn't. But he exists. And again, even Kobe Bryant, right? We knew that Kobe Bryant was probably the person who took up this mentality at, right after Michael Jordan, who was just as much of an asshole, right? And there's a long time. Exactly. And then it's <laughs> not in the era of social media. It's not in the era where everyone can have an opinion on, on the, this is my ideology. This is my mora- morality based around what I believe a leader should be. But here's and, one thing, too, that I wanted to touch on, Prince. Yeah, like with Michael's situation, you know, they they talk about the the Scott Burrell situations, which I think are funny, but like all the stuff that Michael did to these people at the same time, Michael said, I would never ask them to do something that I wouldn't do at the same time. The reason Michael had to do what he had to do is because he was literally at one point dragging people. Oh, yeah. They were literally jumping on his back. Uh-huh. And he's saying, if I have to carry all this burden, whether it's the 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 social pressure, the the press, the, you know, the media, all of this, like all of this clout, all this burden that's being uh, that he put on himself, like he put it on himself. He, I understand that, but like he, but that's there. If I'm gonna have to go through all this, I'm gonna do it for a reason. My purpose is to make sure we win. And if this is what he knew how to find ways to win, like if I'm gonna have to push you enough to make sure that. You tap into that whatever potential you have. I'm gonna push those buttons to get you there because you may not be as great as me, but you need to act like you're as you're great. Like I don't care. Like you gotta have that confidence. But even with that too, Miles, it it wasn't also just like I'm gonna make I'm gonna I'm gonna tap in so that you can elevate your game. It was also to weed out the people who weren't you know who weren't uh, gonna take it seriously. The dudes were just like, hey, I made it to the NBA. I'm a role player. I'm just trying to get my check and and get in and out, right? Um, Michael didn't want anything to do. Exactly. Michael didn't want anything to do with those people, right? And I can understand where it's just like, if I am going to have to, this dude averaged 40 points in the playoffs. It's ridiculous, right? And to tell tell Michael, hey, you need to be a better person to, to those around you. Michael's probably looking at him, he's like, no, F you. Like, I'm not going to. I'm scoring 50% of my team's points. Exactly. Every back, single, every back then, they game. weren't scoring a lot because they actually played defense and they were more physical and didn't call t- right. fouls all the time. Right. And I'm not even so, criticizing today's NBA. I know that, like, people like offense. Like, just like in the NFL sports, offense is king. But back then, it was all about the all-around game. And Michael was still putting up his, half of his team's points. What's going on, y'all? Jason Brown here from the Climbing the Pocket podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to part one of this two-part episode. Join us again tomorrow as we get into uh, some of the lessons we can learn from uh, The Last Dance and how those things can be ported over to our Vikings in 2020 and beyond.